Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master of D&D Raw. And before we begin, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy D&D Raw, we would love it if you would support us on Patreon to hear new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. By contributing as little as $1 per month, patrons enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. Our higher level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, the chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode, and even to join our monthly patron game. We wanted to thank all of our Adventure Tier and Above patrons for their support this month. So thank you Jeremy Kleinhans, a Linux fan, and Dark Queasy, and a very special thanks to our producer tier patron, Gnome, for serving as a producer on this episode. To find out more about how you can join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. If you're not able to support DND Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So before we begin, I have a couple of things I want to talk about. First thing I would like to do is just thank several people for our most recent iTunes reviews. So first, thank you, Risby, for saying that we were the best podcast ever. I apologize if I'm saying some of these names incorrectly, but thank you, Mitchy Musk, for complimenting our production quality. We work hard to get that done. And I'm glad that you're so interested in following along with our players and exploring this world. We've all worked really hard on the characters and the NPCs that you are going to meet. So thank you. Thank you to Gwyneth Gamble Jarvie for giving us a 15 out of 10 review. I appreciate the above 100% that we got there. So thank you. And as a side note, these are the fantastic folks over at Me, My Spouse, and a Die, a husband and wife actual play podcast that everyone should definitely check out. Also, thanks to Moundhouse Dude for the kind words as we do what we can to be as inclusive as possible on our, all of our shows. And last but not least, thank you, Kevin Bryant. I know that I'm very excited for the eventual moments when the two parties will meet and may even work together to stop a threat one group alone couldn't handle. So thank you again to all of our iTunes reviewers and to all of you who listen and support us. We really do appreciate it. Finally, for this episode, we want to try out flashback sequences where we'll play out events that occurred in a character's past. And we intend to separate these flashbacks with a sound effect. But we would love to know what you think of this style going forward. So please let us know on Twitter at Rules is Written. You can email me at dm at dndraw.com or go ahead and join our Discord. We'll post a link in the description. Now, don't forget to come back next week for Rumble Squad episode 13. But in the meantime, here is Serviceable Plots, Episode 13. Truly, Veripol is the most wondrous of places. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliff, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Hi, I'm Rob, and I will be playing Aldrich Warmstone, the Lightfoot Halfling Horizon Walker Ranger. Last time. Unbeknownst to the party, Belinda had a brief conversation with Scribb's father, Jack, to let him know that the party had arrived in town, and a heads up on what they had gone through since Amaron. 
The next morning, the rest of the party met the famed paladin Whitecliff, as well as Scriv's boss, Aldrich Wormstone. It was then that everyone learned Scriv's first name, Shannon, though Akiva promised not to give him too much grief. As they spoke, they learned that there may be a plot to smuggle some of the artifacts out of Silverkeep Ruins, and the party was requested to check on these rumors with Aldrich before leaving town. One year ago, Scriv ventured down into these ruins with researchers from Orenthal, Edmund, Winifred, and Gorvenal. Scriv, you traveled down the elevator, through the remains of wealthy residential homes, and into the largest building on this bottom level that was theorized to have been a temple. Taking time to continue clearing the interior of the temple, you found a trap door that led even deeper into the ruins, and arrived at a lair that was clearly elven built, even though this was a dwarven city. You traversed through, finding a strange amulet on a pedestal but avoided it as you noticed a trap built into the pedestal that would seal the room. You pressed on and noticed a warm draft coming from the room up ahead and found yourself in a similar circular room to the one you had just left but with a cracked stone wall on the opposite side. Okay, so you head up to the opposite wall. I'm looking up, I'm seeing how far the cracks extend, making sure that it's not load-bearing, that there isn't a relief or something, a mosaic maybe, that's covering it. Okay. As you're coming up, it feels warmer as you kind of approach the crack itself. Gorvenal. Yeah. What's the safest way you think to take down this wall? Be studying the, the walls around it, the columns, the pillars. Probably best bet, maybe start to carve away from the crack carefully. Start low. Okay. I will take his advice. Okay. I'd like to have Winifred keep an eye on the structure. Just keep an eye out for any falling debris. I'd like Edmund to help clear debris as me and Gorvenal work to make an opening through the wall. You start to make an opening in the wall. suddenly are waking up, searing pain on your side. You're all the way back at the base camp, and it just burns. Your side burns. Can I breathe? It's difficult. It's it's coming in, and every breath is, is painful and rasping, and you kind of feel your side. And as you initially touch around the area, you just get a shock of pain that goes down your spine. And you see beside you are Winifred and Edmund, and they look singed, and they're like covering your hip, keeping you wrapped, and they're almost forcing water down your mouth. Gorvenal. He went to get help. Are you okay? And they're just like checking you over. It just hurts. It hurts. It hurts. There's almost like a slight pulse of energy that courses up and down the left side of your body. Your vision's still coming in and out a little bit. You see Gorvenal run up beside you, and essentially almost all three of them get pushed aside as your father steps up and just stares at you. This is Paladin Whitecliffe. Yes. Where does it hurt? Left hip. You see him start to take out some herbs and a couple potions, and he focuses his hands on the spot, and he begins to press on it. Initially, as he starts to remove the bandages, the searing pain starts to come back, and for brief instances, your vision kind of goes in and out. And when you next kind of fully come to consciousness, you find yourself in a much more comfortable position. 
the pain is still there, but it's gone from a searing pain to more of a dull throb by this point. Your side is currently wrapped. You hear snippets of conversation from Pallet and Whitecliffe, but the most you can catch kind of is bits of checking through the wall. And then there was a bright flash and there was just, they, they were just in pain. What looked almost like a beam passed right through you. But beyond that, the information kind of comes and goes. And after a minute, you more sense initially than, than see as you kind of close your eyes and kind of come in and out as your father is standing over you. You see like the intense expression has left his face and there's just concern now. It's like, are you all right, son? It hurts so bad. I will do what I can to heal this. Is the rest of the area cleared? It seems most of whatever happened happened immediately to the four of you. I'll be checking it myself at some point. But for now, we need to make sure you are all right. And you see him gesture towards the wound. He places both hands over it a little bit. And the normal soft light kind of emanates from the space between his hands and your wound. And it feels slightly better, but your arm still has a tingling sensation to it. Your leg feels a little tingle as the pain seems to more pulse throughout. So you begin to recover. Sadly, you realize that your normal use of your buckler on your arm, you can't in order to test things a little bit, you try to keep your, your arm lifted and it shakes from the pain in your side. We now rejoin the party in the present day. You guys were headed around towards the elevator that takes you to the main part of the ruins, the ones that aren't active touristy destinations. What, the dig for a day tourist activity? Even though everything's been excavated, yes, in this level. But they give you like a little tiny trowel and like a little brush and like a little bag for anything you find. Yep. And in this area, you actually, as you are traveling through, you do have to pass through some of the tourist area. And as you do, you see lots of kids moving around, kind of seeming to offer these little coin pieces. Do any of them go up to Akiva? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Heck yeah. And you see like some coins and they go, a silver for 20. And they just stare at you. Dope it. So they give you this small little bag of 20 little bronze pieces. And they just say, shake and say now. And they gesture as you give them a silver. Okay. I'll pay him a silver and get my 20 scripts too. Hands one over to you. Hands one bag of 20, bag, right? A bag, yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. So I take out like five scripts. I say now, I drop them on the ground. They all light up and you see the kids just offer it to the rest of you. Absolutely. I'm sad. Thank you, though. I will dole out happily for their cheap stuff because it makes the kids happy. And as soon as either you pay them or don't, they immediately move on to anybody else they can see. Yeah. It's good to see that they're still doing that. Is this something you did growing up? Not really. I mean, I ran with them for a bit, but tunnel ratting isn't something that I grew up doing. And most of the upper levels of the ruins are safe enough for them to go around and clean up after the tourists. I mean, it's a nice little racket, isn't it? Just pay one silver for 20 coins that tourists use and then leave behind. Then you go, you pick them up, and then you sell them again. Yeah. But anyway, elevator's this way. I wonder if Pog is still there. So, before you get to the elevator, you do get to the barrier that separates the touristy part of the ruins from the active digs. Who's on guard today? You see Furlough today. Oh. Scriv? Furlough? Hey, it's good to see you. Different group this time. Yeah, after what happened last time, I guess you could say uh, no more training digs. 
yeah, it's good to see you, Verla. It's good to see you too. Any nods towards you, Aldrich? Good to see you, Aldrich. Greetings, greetings. Are you doing well today? Yeah, it's slow day. We just had uh, just you guys. It was a small group before you. Anyone I'd know? No one I recognize, but they had all the right paperwork, so. All right, just keep an eye out, will you, Verla? Yeah. Thanks. No problem. And just be careful down there, Scriv. Thanks. I'll do my best. What happened last time? It's uh kind of hard to talk about. We can talk on the elevator. Okay. So as you get there, you see at first just a giant mole kind of like scratching at this one spot by the elevator. And you just hear... And you can't see him right now, but you... Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. Oh, Akiva, do you have rations? Yeah, always. And then I'll give him some rations. As you do that, you see a deep gnome poke his head from around a column that you know frames this this elevator. as bald, somewhat chiseled features. And he goes, oh, Scriv. Pug. Hi, who are your friends? These are my dig team for today. Good to meet all of you. I'm Pog. This is Zook. I toss the bit of ration down to Zook. Give him a scratch behind the ears. Like I said, this is my dig team. You already know Aldrich. Aldrich? That's Belinda and Valen and Akiva. Hello. Hi. 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 And he looks straight up at you, Valen. Oh, you're going to have a fun time down there. Yeah, I've heard that I'm going to have a fun time doing some crawling. Yeah, yeah, just for a bit. Pog helps manage the elevator between the levels. He does a very good job. Before it used to be a rickety mess, but now it runs like a dream. So we're in your hands then. Yep, I'll be escorting you down. Don't worry. What's the story on your friend here? Zook? Well, I found him while I was digging through one time. I was getting all my mushrooms all set. I, oh, do you want to try my new, it's a mash, but it's all combined. I subtly pantomime, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> sure. Oh. oh. And he reaches into a pocket and he pulls out this, it's like a small bar. It's very like compacted, but it kind of looks grayish brownish. And here, it's supposed to be great for you. And it's really good. Okay, I'll take a bite. Good big bite. It is nasty. Is it the worst thing I've tasted? No, it's not the worst thing I've ever tasted, but it's close. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's great. It helps to energize you and keep you focused. And it's, it's, I'm trying to get the mixture just right, and I'm hoping that'll work. Have you tried adding honey like I suggested? I mean, I'm trying to use it with my own ingredients so I don't have to go get honey. Well, it sounds like you've got a really nice gig here, operating mm-hmm. the elevator. Yeah, this is what I do in my spare time. The elevator or the... Okay, maybe they pay me to keep up the elevator, but okay. my real passion is to get the mushrooms just right so that we can get them and get them distributed, and then I can just be a mushroom farmer. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He thinks that health food is going to be the next big thing in Veripol. It will. And you hear... <laughs> well, I can safely say it's not the worst thing I've ever tasted. So, good job. Roll deception. I'm assuming Aldrich, has he fallen for this gambit or no? Like, does he know better? I'm leaning against the wall, munching on my toast. I'm pretty sure everybody has fallen for this gambit at least once to be polite. Yeah, it's like the rite of passage to go yep. down into the ruins. So, Tony. Akiva. It's a natural 20. That's so good to hear. It definitely sounds like I need to work on the mixture, though, but good. Well, I'll, I, I guess I should take you all down then. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be great. That's probably safest. All right, step right on. Can I try some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here. And he... Fishes out another one. Enjoy. Tell all your friends, and then I can really get this up and running. Do you have a a name for this product? Not yet. I'm still workshopping it, but I'm thinking of calling it a fungi bar. I would have kind of like, I shook no towards (laughs) Valen. 
I'm gonna try it. If it's really terrible, I can help. I still think, like, a mushy bite might work. A mushy bite. That might work. I mean, and he kind of takes out a tiny little, very, like, damaged notebook and just writes down, mushy bite. Or, or alternatively, mushrooms really aren't incredibly popular. Perhaps you just focus on the health benefits of your product. Oh, but I can make them taste so good. I'm already well on my way with these bars, and it'll be good. And you see him pull a lever as you're all on the elevators. You start your descent. Okay, good, good. <laughs> right. I mean, you'd say that it's nutritional, right? Of course it's nutritional. It's really good for you. You should have like five of these a day. Nutritional bar. Nah, that would probably never take off. Just call it a fun bar. Anyway, Tony, how, how bad is it on a scale of one to ten? It's a two. I was going from ten being amazing. Oh, so it's it's down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's bad. It tastes really bad. What does it need? He wants to fix I'm it. I'm a cook. <laughs> There's weird crunchy bits in it, but everything else is like super mushy. You can't tell what's in it. Whatever's in it has just been so mixed and bound together. And it's got a little bit of an like earthy taste to it, but it's almost like dirt. So you're not sure if maybe he actually accidentally didn't clean the mushrooms when he compacted all of it together. You know, adding some sweetness to it and maybe actually like cleaning the mushrooms could possibly help at least boost it up a bit. That would be a good start to check. And some salt. How are these mushrooms prepared? Are they dried? Are they roasted? Oh, they're dried. That's a proprietary process that you probably shouldn't ask them about. (laughs) The elevator is only so long. Okay. (laughs) It actually does take quite a while to hit the bottom. I'm going to just give it to you straight. Okay. There's a texture problem. Oh, texture. Okay. So do I need to make it mushier? Like add more water no, to it? No, less water. Less water. So that it's a bit firmer. Um, you can shape it into nice bars that are not mushy. Less crunch, which I'm guessing is um, minerals. Yeah. I was trying to add a lot of the same good minerals that go into the baths into the bar. <gasps> is it sulfurous, Tony? A little bit. <laughs> it's like the barest hint. What I would do, leave those out of the mix. And at the end, with a little bit of uh, salt and some of the minerals, just tamp the top down a little bit. That way there's a little bit of that bite, but it's not all throughout. And then some raisins. You want some raisins in this, because raisins, healthy, and a little bit of sweetness. A little bit. Okay, but everyone keeps saying how good the baths are, and I thought, well, if the minerals from the bath are supposed to be so good for you, maybe it can be be healthy for you, too. (laughs) Yeah, but when they're all throughout, you get a weird feeling on your teeth. I think if you just take that same mix and just a light dusting on top, you you get all of it, you would almost inhale it, just like from the baths, right? Just give it a try. I mean, you're, you're the expert here. He takes out his notebook again and starts writing a couple of things down. But by about the end of that conversation, you do hit the bottom floor. You you guys all notice that you do pass other levels as you're going down, but they seem well excavated already, and you eventually do hit the bottom. After we walk away and say goodbye to our elevator friend and companion. Bye. Don't forget to ring the bell if you need me. Thank you. After we're out of earshot, I'm going to uh, turn to Scrim and Aldrich particularly and say, truly, Veripol is the most wondrous of places. <laughs> I cannot imagine wanting to live anywhere else. I am genuinely impressed with your ability to keep a straight face, Akiva. Well, I have actually, I've had worse. It's not grass, so... I think that might have been the best lie you've ever told. Thank you. But wait, you ate grass? Never mind. I won't. I'm sure that's a story for another time. Flashing back almost two years ago. What is time? To a Shadar Kai who has an oppression of emptiness around him all the time. Mm. Who the days just go on and you just serve the gloomy existence of the Shadowfell. But for Akiva, no longer. 
You were banished by your people, escorted to a known portal of the realm, and passed through, left with the clothes on your back, a simple weapon, and now a sword. A sword that gave you power to help save your people, but also banished you from them. When you emerge, you find yourself in a landscape filled with color, something okay. new to you. Lots of green, and above you, a blue sky, not the drab and dreary clouds that fill the Shadowfell. There's moisture in the air that falls from the sky and onto your face. What would Akiva be doing now? I guess trying to get my bearings. Also, I, I think it would be a little jarred. You feel lighter than you've yeah. ever felt. And even looking around, you look down at your own arms. They are different. The skin isn't sagging. It's smooth. It's young. Where am I right now? What am I? What do I see around you me? You find yourself surrounded by trees. Not trees like you would know, the lifeless and barren one. But they have leaves, yeah. you believe they're called? Okay, so I think the first thing I would do after kind of getting a handle on myself internally for the time being would be to walk up to one of the trees, find a leaf, and kind of like feel it, basically. It's soft. Somewhat prickly. It's different. The texture is not normal. It feels almost like clothing, but even your own clothing is rough and harsh compared to this. Kind of as also like a little... I'm imagining there's also grass, right? There is grass. Uh, I guess I'll kneel down and kind of Feel the grass and imagining everything in the shadow fell was like rocks. Reaching down, like you look at this grass and instinctually it looks sharp. Like you mm -hmm. shouldn't touch it. But it's just as green and vibrant as the leaf that you're touching. And mm -hmm. as your hands pass through it, at first, you know, there's that initial like prick as if something is going to like it's going to stab you, but it just bends underneath the weight of your hand and is smooth and slightly damp. I'm gonna say for the first time Crack a smile. Even initially, as you're smiling, it's strained, and you can feel the muscles in your cheeks and jaw kind of already getting tired just from lack of use, at least for this particular expression. Yeah. I guess I would stand up and start walking around, seeing what else there is to this weird place I'm in. Okay. Kind of proceeding with extreme caution. One thing you do notice, and it takes you a while to kind of get the feel of this. Traveling through, eventually the rain slowly lets up, and after a few hours, you start to get hungry. After a little longer, you see ahead of you a few structures, simple wooden in design, and you see what looks to be some sort of wildlife, though you've never seen these before. And most wildlife in the Shadowfell were just as dangerous as anything else. Yeah. Initially, as you get closer, you see these large beasts, mostly like white fur with black spots, two tiny horns, so not much in the way of defense, but you see them moving about and just eating some grass as they're going by. You're pretty sure you can see some sort of humanoid off in the distance too, but quite a ways away. So, seeing all these creatures, if the leaves and the things that look like tiny swords don't hurt me. Maybe other things don't. So he's going to okay. try going up to one of these big beasts very carefully. You cautiously move up and you come up and one of these creatures just lifts its head and starts to slowly turn towards you. I'll freeze for a second. And you just hear. Mmm. Mmm. And it turns back and just kind of like eats 
some more grass. I'm going to reach out a hand, just touch it on the side. It's pretty soft. Okay. It's eating the grass, right? Yes. So I'm going to reach down with one hand to the grass and pluck some. And then I'm going to put it in my mouth. It tastes terrible. It's going to taste gross, but I'm going to swallow it. So as this is happening, you hear, hey, hey, who are you? Who are you? A couple of humanoids off in the distance wearing tanned clothes. And you see their eyes go wide and there's a, get get the crossbow, get the crossbow. It's one of those, one of those, ah, get it. Hold my, wait, 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 wait. Get out of here, get out. And he's, you see him about like. Okay, I'll take off running. All right. And jumping back to present day. I just focus on getting to base camp. You get to the base camp, start getting all your gear. You do see, it seems like someone's been here not too long ago, but you were told that another group had been down. Yeah. It checks out. Memories start to flood back a little bit, and your side is feeling sore. Okay. Do I pick up on the kind of, like, turmoil he's in right now? I mean, you can roll an insight check. Zero. Because you have a negative? Yes. No, you can't tell. Scrib is a sphinx. You cannot discern anything about him. (laughs) He put all of his intellectual energy into the lie. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, as you guys arrive, you do see very large dwarven structures on either side of you and what seem to be carved roads that head out in several different directions. The base camp is kind of in this central location. Scriv, you know the most recent stuff is by what was that potential temple? That building that was still a little ambiguous. Yeah. Is it still the same? A bit more cleaned up, but overall, very much the same. Are there any research notes just left by the people who have been managing the dig? No. So I will just go under the assumption that nobody has made much progress on the temple since the last time we were here. I'm guessing that where we need to go is this way, and I point to the temple in the distance. Uh, Follow me, please. I trust your instincts. Aldrich, do you come down here often? I'm not one to dabble down here in the ruins. I'm much more of the type to enjoy a bit of fresh air than this environment, but I have been down once or twice. Most people in Veripol don't take the time to go to the deeper ruins. The surface level is good enough, especially if you're trying to expand into a new home. Usually you just find an abandoned bit of dwarven ruin and get a permit to move there. Then you expand outwards. Yeah, I will say this is definitely unlike anything I've experienced before. There's sort of a, a weightiness to everything. You go to a city like Amaran and it's loud and full of people and all heights and large buildings. And then you come here and you see something similar, but it's quieter and abandoned. Just makes you think. Yeah. Definitely more cramped than some of the formations I've spelunked in previously. This is cool. The exterior area is not too bad, but as you are progressing towards this temple, it does get narrower. Yeah. How dark is it? Around the base camp, there are some lights, but... Are there any glow orbs? Not currently. So I cast light on Scriv, because he's in the lead. I can put it on the front of your shield, and then you can aim it down and not blind anyone. Yeah, kind of linger on it for a bit. Kind of wish I'd said hi to the Silver Blooms before we came down here. Well, that's all right. We should be back shortly. Yeah. Is there anything we should be prepared for? Nothing in terms of, like, overt traps. Last time I was here, I managed to clear a decent path. and The way should be stable. We don't need to worry about a collapse. No, like, darts shooting out of the wall or anything. It's not like the tales they tell in Orenthal of these sort of scenarios where someone is diving through small trap doors. Well... No, nothing so glamorous. Yeah, I'll reach into my pack. Do I still have my collapsible rod or no? Yeah, 
Okay, and I pull out a collapsible four-foot rod. I'll use this to tap ahead and make sure there are no more trapdoors or anything. We should be safe for the initial bit. So this really is uh, not in my typical skill set. Aldrich, I I guess I didn't... I know you went to get your gear. I don't really know what your background is besides scribing. I'll lead us into the temple proper. Okay, so you start to head in. I'm a former member of the Staff Federation. I was a scout. I went on long-ranging missions to investigate rumors and occurrences throughout the world of potential incursions from places beyond. It took a lot out of me, and after a while I felt like settling down. So I, I came here to write and collect myself. My apologies, you're overqualified to be with our group. <laughs> no, I, I sense quite a bit of competence in you all. Maybe not in the ways most folks would recognize, but... Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I would definitely say this is a new experience, but I trust that it sounds like you know what you're doing, and I want to use my view aura ability. So, this ability allows her to learn a couple things about Aldrich. She learns if you are under any magical or psionic effect. Not that you're aware of. Your current hit point total. 36. And your basic emotional state. Calm. I'd I'd say pretty passive. Okay. So Belinda would do her scan and be like, oh, well, I'm glad we have you as an ally as we go forward with whatever it is we're about to experience. I trust in Scriv. Give him a little pat on the arm. He knows what he's doing. Thank you. Okay. So you enter this large open kind of structure that Scriv has mentioned is possibly a temple. Towards the back is the only passageway kind of out of the area. You continue down and eventually the architecture starts to change slightly. The more rough-hewn dwarven style Scriv, you recognize the difference quickly and notice the shift from dwarven to elvish as you are proceeding down again. Is the doorway still blocked or did they manage to clear it? It's cleared up quite a bit, but it looks like up ahead that there's still a lot more to be worked on as you are all coming up to a hallway that the path kind of leads straight and has been cleared quite a bit. To the right is a small stairway that seems to descend into the floor downward. Is the path forward still blocked off? It's mostly cleared. Let's just go forward for a bit then and walk around the trapdoor. Quick question. Do we see any signs of the previous party? Exactly. Roll a survival check or investigation. How about investigation? That would be wonderful. 22. I took a shot at it and got a 12. 16. Valen, you notice that there's been some people through this area, but specifically Belinda and Scriv, you notice the most recently disturbed area is heading down the trapdoor. Okay. Interesting. So I guess this is where the other party went down the trap door. Yeah, but we can just make sure that everything is clear up here before we descend, especially if we know that they're down there. Last thing we need is to descend and then have someone come up from behind. Yeah, sounds like a prudent course of action. So you press on and eventually the hallway kind of opens up slightly to the left as you see a small room. You see they've tried to start, you know, clearing stuff out and reconstruct things. It seems like it might have been a storeroom or a bedchamber or some sort, but there's there's no other path out of here. Scriv. Yes? You think you hear voices somewhere. Somewhere ahead? Somewhere in the room, kind of. It's extremely faint. 
I would like to just slow down and walk and see if I can pinpoint where it's coming from. It seems like it's coming from a corner of the room where a bunch of rubble is. Okay. Valen, you might be better suited, but it seems like there might be something behind that rubble. What do you want me to do? See if you can quietly move some of the rubble aside. If it seems to be too much trouble, then we might have to go down. Alright, if you think I can shift it without causing anything bad to happen. It seems fine. Alright. If you're trying to do it carefully, roll a sleight of hand. Tony, I'm switching to my precognition focus, just in case. Okay. Aldrich has definitely taken his bow off of his shoulder at this point, and is getting ready to use it if necessary. Hey, Akiva. Yes. As long as it's okay with Aldrich, you could bring out Lazarus if you like. There's no one else around here to be offended. Yeah. Aldrich, this will surprise you for a second, and I'll snap. So, appearing on Akiva's shoulders, Aldrich, is a small, white, like, semi-transparent pseudo-dragon. Very curious. <laughs> and, uh, what is this creature's name? This is Lazarus. <laughs> That's hello. Very nice to meet you, Lazarus. <laughs> he says, nice to meet you too. Nice to see a halfling again. What do I know about pseudo-dragons? Roll Arcana. I got a 17. You know that pseudo-dragons are tiny dragons. They tend to be good aligned. They have a blind sight, dark vision. They understand common and draconic, though they don't speak. They also tend to have a limited telepathy, sending off emotion, all that, with someone that they've bonded to. And does this appear to be physically present, or...? It's there, but based off of how the creature appeared, you can safely assume that it's a familiar Akiva, mm-hmm. do you think that Lazarus would be able to fit into a gap that Valen makes in the stone? Possibly. So if Akiva could just send Lazarus through a gap that Valen makes, that'd probably be good. Okay, I'll send it through, and I'll kind of make sure to look through Lazarus' eyes, see what's going on. That sleight of hand trips 22. Thank you. Is anyone else doing anything? I'm going to reach out telepathically to Scrib for a second, just say, are you all right? I'm fine. So there is a small crack in the stonework towards the bottom corner of the wall. Okay. And Lazarus can, as he's a tiny creature, just barely squeeze in. Okay. As Lazarus, you begin to travel down deeper and deeper. This crack kind of comes and goes, squeeze. There's points where Lazarus is not sure he can get through, but he's able to due to his skinny lizard-like body. As he gets closer, the voices kind of become a little bit more distinct. You start to hear... I'm almost through. You didn't mention anything about this door last time? No. It's last time uh, the tunnel collapsed and nearly killed that paladin's kid. As I'm hearing and seeing everything, I would just like to mention I'm kind of word for word, out loud, what's happening. Yeah, you then hear as like, hurry through, hurry through. Come on. The faster we get this stuff out, the faster we can get out of here. So, Akiva, you repeat that to us? And- oh, Yes. And you're hearing the sound of just rubble, like, being scraped and moved. And- yeah, I will basically convey everything I see in here. Scrave, are there any other Paladins kids in Veripol? <laughs> or Aldric? No. So, uh, I think we should go find out what's going on more directly. How much rubble is there between us and them? You're going past 100 feet. Okay, past oh. 100 feet around. That's not happening. We're going down into the tunnel. Pull Lazarus back. Okay, I will bring him. Actually, I can just make him disappear and then reappear, right? As long as we're within that 100 feet, yeah. Which he would be okay we have to go down into the tunnel uh, i just walk up to scriv and kind of stand next to him give him a little nod an elbow to the hip <laughs> his good hip okay good hip good hip thank you and i offer him some toast 
I'll pass. Okay, so someone is smuggling something, and they're definitely in the lower levels. I know you don't want to discuss this, but it seems like whatever happened to you is kind of coming a thing. We should probably know what's going on. I was on a dig, and something happened, and I woke up, and I was injured. That's all that really happened. Apparently these people were somehow involved. I think we should go with the direct approach. Yeah. I don't think anyone was involved. It was just a trap and I messed up. It seems like these guys were involved, from what we can gather. We'll find out. Akiva, how many voices did you hear? Three. Okay. So, I'm gonna take us back to the trapdoor. Okay. You head back to the trapdoor, which begins to descend downward. As you descend down, just beneath the lip of the wall that you're going under, you see what looks like part of a crescent moon that's all cracked and broken. And you begin to see what looks like a the symbol of a crossbow bolt that's broken that's all cracked up. The walls and ceiling seem damaged. You see a hammer and anvil that's damaged. What looks like a large, potentially spider that's all cracked up and destroyed. It seems like an explosion went off or something? No, they're symbols of the gods. Still don't know why they're all here. It doesn't line up, it doesn't make sense. How old are they? Old. Before the time of peace. Older than anything else in this dwarven ruin. This hallway doesn't make any sense. The style is wrong. The creation is wrong. The material is wrong. These symbols should not be here. Yet, they are. Can't focus on that now. We have to go and figure out what these people are doing. Yeah, let's deal with the immediate problem and... Maybe we'll get some insight into what's really going on. Can I do a hasty religion check? Go for it. 19. 17. I'll say I'm more on the lookout for any writing, any actual language. Roll a perception check for me then. It's a good idea. 18. Okay. So, Valen and Akiva, you do recognize these symbols. They are the symbols of the dwarven gods Yadumin and Yoldanim which are opposing deities. The hammer and anvil is Yadumin. The crossbow bolt is Yoldanim. The crescent moon and the spider are elven deities, also opposing. Vladir being the crescent moon and Zenera being the spider. Okay. And then in the initial hallway, you don't see any writing, but as you do start to head downward at an angle and then it begins to veer off to the left, you do notice what looks like some sort of like cracked arcane script, but it's damaged, so you can't get the whole picture of it. You don't see specific writing. All of you start to head down and enter a circular room that has symbols carved around the floor. A few of them are the symbols of the deities that you saw back down the tunnel and columns that kind of form at an apex towards the top. And there is a tunnel that heads directly across from you on the other side of the room, but it's collapsed. And there are two other tunnels that are head, one to the left and one to the right. Akiva, does your friend know which direction he ended up going? Could I judge from what I where I could hear them from? What direction it would have been? Make a survival check. I have a suggestion. Perhaps we could draw out a quick map to at least get an idea of the orientation of these different spaces. Since Scrib knows the ruins, I can quickly sketch something. Do I still have the map from last you time? You do still have the map from last time. I'll pull out the map. So Scriv has the map, which didn't originally have that side room up top, but based off of the orientation and Akiva's description, someone can roll a survival check with advantage to try and get a sense of exactly where that noise might have been. I believe, Aldrich, you mentioned you were a scout? I was. Would you be able to help us out here? Because this is not my skill set. Yes, I'd be glad to take a look and see if I can help figure out where we should head. So, you have advantage. With advantage, it's an 11. Oh! oh. <laughs> it happens. It's not on the map. 
Okay, but I'm at least fairly confident that where they were is not on the map. Yes, that's the most you get from that. I don't quite see how we can get to there from here. There has to be something that's not on the map, something that's been uncovered since. Then we just have to go. I say we take right. 50-50 shot, right? If we're wrong, we come back. That's the hope. Okay. I'm gonna just tap ahead with my forefoot stick. I could have Lazarus proceed down the other tunnel. It can only go 100 feet, though, before if we're going actively the other direction. Yeah, Mr. Joe. I mean, you could. I could at least have him go to where he'll be 100 feet away from me. If he hasn't found anything, but then he can come back. Okay. Lazarus starts to head off. Are you looking through Lazarus's eyes? Just relay back to me what he sees. I'm not going to be actively looking through his eyes. Roll a perception check for me for him. Natural 20. Cool. So we will get to Lazarus in a minute. As you are proceeding ahead, Scriv... You notice just barely a thin line of string across the ground. I will stop the party. It is taut, and you notice that it seems like as you are following the string up, there seems to have been like something dug into the wall a little bit and partially covered up that as you're following it looks like it might yank something out. Okay, so I'm just going to guide everyone to step over the tripwire. It's a bit of a narrow passageway, but you still have just enough room that you can, like, step over it. Valen, you're hunched, but you can also step over it. And I will just make a note of that tripwire. So I'll take point and keep on going. Alright, you then arrive at a very similar circular room to the one you were just in. That soreness on your side kind of intensifies as the memories come back to you. It is extremely similar. The room actually does continue. Like, you see there's a tunnel that it does head out. Again, the stonework, you see the symbols on the ground. They are also still cracked and damaged. But Aldric, as you were looking for writings, you do notice a little bit on the floor by a lot of these cracked symbols. There's actually a couple languages here. One you do recognize as Dwarvish and another phrase in Elvish. They both kind of say, though, in a slightly different phrasing, combined as one. How many different languages can I see? You see four different languages. So two I can read and two I cannot. Yes. Okay. I pointed out to the rest of the group. Okay. One is celestial, one is draconic. Oh. Do they roughly all translate the same? They all roughly all translate the same, combined into one. We can come back for the runes later. Yeah, interesting. There is no pedestal. Not in this room. The pedestal seems, based off of the rooms you've been in previously, the pedestal seems to have only been in that first room. Okay. Is there another path out of here? There is. It was directly across. And that one starts to curve off kind of downward and to the left. Okay. I'm gonna just keep on going. Okay. Lazarus is looking, but doesn't relay anything back to you, Akiva. Okay, I'll bring him back. Alright, so you're proceeding and you start to hear the sound of stone scraping on stone as stuff's being moved. Okay, I put away the collapsible stick. So you all hear the sound of scraping stone as you are rounding this corner. Are you guys doing anything specifically? Getting my sword out. Yeah, I'll get pan on my kopesh and then kind of walk up behind Scrib. You okay? Somebody's ahead and I don't know if they're supposed to be here or if they're smugglers or what. It's okay. Just remember, no matter what happens, we we have your back. I'm way too tired for this. Would you like me to take a look ahead? I just nod quietly. That would be great, Aldrich. I'll follow Aldrich up. So you guys are stealthing? Yes. Yeah. 21. 21? So you proceed ahead, and you see a kind of open chamber with a large stone door that's been mostly uncovered, kind of off to your right, as there are six 
people up ahead of you. Two of them seem to be half-elves. There are two humans and a forest gnome who are just shifting the rocks. And one is a tiefling who is dressed a little bit nicer than the others and is just staring up towards this door with excitement and anticipation. And she seems to be conferring with a young man, kind of auburn hair, rough dark skin, pretty strong overall. And just, so you have not been past this point? No, no, I haven't. We must hurry. I'm excited to see what is beyond. I'm just going to point at them, point at Aldric, questioning motion with my hand. Do I know any of these people? Roll an intelligence check for me. Well, uh, it's a nine. You don't recognize any of them? I point at Aldric, point back down the hallway, and make a like come hither motion, like bring everyone back. I nod. So you head on back? Yes. So after a couple minutes, Aldric returns to the rest of you. So... There are six of them ahead. Several of them are seem to be laborers unpiling rubble, and there was no one I recognized. Definitely seems to be a tiefling woman. Are they armed? They were all armed. You noticed mostly daggers and crossbows hanging from the hips of all those that were working on the rubble. They also all had leather armor. How do we want to approach this then? Do we want to go in, try and intimidate them, or try to... Get them just to talk. As far as they're concerned, all their paperwork is in order. Okay. The only idea that we have that something is going wrong was Aldric finding suspicious codes in their letters. Okay. As far as I know, we're down here to make sure that there's nothing going on, any sort of subversion. They're not planting explosives. They're not trying to bring down the ruins. Okay, then we should probably go in with the face. I say we go in with carrot rather than stick. Let's keep stick close at hand, though. If there's a way for me to get a look at their paperwork, then I could confirm or deny whether or not it was legitimate. Quick question, since I don't know Verpol really well, this may be for Aldrich. Who could demand to see their paperwork? It would be Paladin Whitecliff or Jane Whitecliff, as she is the lead authority on the ruins. Lore question here, who would have the authority to give them the paperwork? Whatever, like, the city hall sort of thing Yeah, it'd be the city hall there. You go and you get your permit. Specifically, you would know the the one who tends to sign most of the paperwork is a woman by the name of Carrie Tan. Scriv and Aldrich would know that particularly. Okay, let's go meet up with Balin. Well, hold on. Once we go up there, we cannot discuss a plan anymore. The goal is look at the paperwork, verify that they're actually there. If we can figure out what's behind their door, great. If it's a legitimate dig, we can't do anything. If they think that there's some value here, then it's the duty of the Whitecliffe family to make sure that that gets to the Church of Adar, if I'm being completely honest. I guess we just go in and ask it. If there's any pushback, then that will give us an indication of whether they're up to something shady. Valen, by about this point, you see that the rubble around the doorway is clear. They seem to be trying to figure out the safest way to open the door. I guess we're just going to waltz up then. No subterfuge necessary. Scriver, are you taking the lead on this? You can do it, buddy. I believe in you. Once I hear that they're on their way, I guess I will just step out into the open. Greetings, everyone. Okay. So, Valen enters the room as you guys are coming up behind him, and as you initially call out, you see all four of the individuals by the door immediately, like, spin and kind of, like, reach for their crossbows. Not at all a suspicious reaction. And the two that were closer to you kind of quickly spin around, and the tiefling steps up. Who are you? My name's Valen. Thank you for asking. Yourselves? My name is Faithfulness. 
So now you better look at her. Long, straight, black hair, brown eyes, kind of silky purple skin. She's about five feet tall, very pretty, and just is now staring at you quizzically. And then she kind of just like waves her hands towards the people behind her. My apologies, you've startled us. We didn't hear anybody coming. Yeah, Faith. I'm, I'm going to call you Faith. Why exactly is the reaction of you and your associates to go for weapons? Someone snuck up on us. We are not very far from town in a controlled environment. Why do you even have so many weapons down here? Do we walk up at this point? So you're walking up at, by about this point. There are creatures that come through the tunnels of ruins such as these. As the rest of you are arriving, Scriv. Mm-hmm. You recognize one of the people there. Who do I recognize? The man standing just slightly beside the tiefling, Gorvanal, who was with you on the dig on the day of the accident. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Have a great day.